morning, everyone. When I was getting ready to come to church this morning, I heard some very bad news. Um, there's been a serious earthquake in Haiti, and I just thought it'd be good to spend a minute of silence uh, remembering people there that somehow through this bad news they will experience the goodness of God. Let's just be quiet for a few moments. Lord God, we come before you this morning knowing that the world is full of evil, but you are the source of the source of all good. And in a world of bad news, you are the only good news. Thank you. Lord, we are bombarded with information all the time. We feel overwhelmed and don't know who or what to believe. But one thing we do know, that you love us. You love us all and you love us just as we are. Your family is so diverse and special. We look different. We sound different. We think different, and we have very different daily lives. Help us, Lord, to always remember that we belong to this eternal family, that our unity is because of you. Our identity is rooted in you, and our futures are in your hands. Dear Lord, in the light of many differences of opinion, it's easy to lose sight of what is most important. It's easy to get angry and self-righteous. Our pride and selfishness can create serious barriers between us. Help us, Lord, to accept and respect each other. Help us to grow in humility, in kindness, and in patience, we pray. Help us to be good listeners, prayerful listeners, loving listeners, Father God, we also pray we would take our responsibility to speak the truth seriously. May we be quick to repent and make corrections when we exaggerate, mislead, or misquote others. Grant us discernment, especially when exposed to fake news on social media. May we take time to fact-check and consider carefully before speaking out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray for this city that we love. Father God, we pray for Carrie Lamb and her team. We pray for lawmakers, counselors, 
community leaders and law enforcement, especially those who are frequently dealing with situations of polarization and conflict. In this tense atmosphere, we ask, Lord, that more and more the pro- and anti-government camps would respect each other's positions. Please raise up peacemakers who can work towards a measure of reconciliation. In your name we pray. Amen. Dear Lord, it is easy to feel depressed and hopeless as we look into the coming years. Many are anxious, fearful, gloomy, and even suicidal. Please grant us strength of heart and divine wisdom as we seek to be channels of comfort and hope to others in these days. Please bless the seminar we will have on depression on August 28th. Please use it to help those who are struggling. May it open up conversations about mental health and equip us to care for those going through dark times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us pray for people who have or who are, who will be emigrating. Dear Lord, we pray that Christian emigrants may experience your presence in special ways during this time of displacement and uncertainty. In this time of transition, help them strengthen their faith. And wherever they go, we pray that they will find churches and communities in which they can grow and serve. And for unbelievers, we pray that they will encounter the living God who cares for the stranger and meet Christians who will draw them to him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we pray for Dancarlan Christian Church in the Philippines. Father God, we pray that you will strengthen our brothers and sisters in Dancarlan. We hear that many of them are losing their faith as they are facing so many difficulties. They're struggling physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, have mercy. Remind them that you are near, that you are strong, and that they can put their trust in you in all circumstances. As they face more poverty due to lack of employment, we ask you to miraculously provide for their children to go to school. Please grant knowledge and wisdom to church leaders as they plan teaching and outreaching activities for the coming months. And please give the pastor hope and resilience during these difficult days. Lord, encourage him so that in turn he can be an encouragement to church members. In Jesus' name we pray. Finally, we pray for Hewa and the sermon. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. The way we must go, the truth we must know, and the life in which we grow. We pray for Hewu as he prepares to preach today's sermon, all about what is true and what is not, what is real and what is fake what can be depended on, and what will lead us astray. 
Lord, help him to be clear and accurate in what he says. Empower him by your spirit so that what he says will be your message to us and will sink into our hearts. May this message nourish and transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Ananias and Sapphira. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jeff. So we normally do um, a sermon series through books of the Bible, but we're taking a time out in this time to address important issues that's facing Hong Kong. So last week we talked about immigration. This week we'll talk about fake news. And next week we'll talk about depression. But really, this is outside of my expertise, so let's go to God in prayer um, as we come to this topic. Lord, we thank you that you are the head of this church, and your word and your spirit are building us up. And Lord, we pray um, as we come to your word that you would speak to us, that you would help us, um, not just our, um, our minds, but uh, in our hearts, that our hearts and desires would be shaped um, by you and your word. And Lord, help us to be people who love your truth and live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 2015, Steve Bannon, um, the executive chair of the conservative news magazine called Breitbart, leaked a story to New York Times uh, about Hillary Clinton. Of course, uh, Hillary Clinton at the time was running for president, or presidency. Uh, and the story was this, that uh, in her time as a Secretary of State, she approved a sale of uranium to Russians in exchange for uh, a large sum of donation to the Clinton Foundation. Now, New York Times and all these other media outlets reported on the news, on this news. And they did their investigation, and they found actually there, there was no connection between the approval of the sale and the receiving of the donation. And they reported it as such. 
But actually, that wasn't really the point. Even as they were uh, reporting this, the point was that it was the New York Times and all these other news outlets reported it. And it was a report about the credibility of the Clintons. And so people who already disliked the Clintons made up their minds. Now, of course that is true. Of course if they would do this. And people who were wavering, well, it added to their doubt. You see, the damage was done. The truth of it wasn't actually really, it wasn't really even the point. Of course, the Democrats make up lies all the time too. Fake news exists in both sides of the aisle, but the point is this. Sometimes the truth is difficult to get to. And because it is sometimes difficult to get to, people use this gap between what really happened and what's reported. Uh, they use the gap for their advan advantage. Political powers do this. People who are interested in money do this. For all sorts of different reasons, people use this gap for their advantage. And we see actually in the Bible uh, how this happens too. You know, uh, in, in, in John chapter 18, Jesus is being tried by Pilate. Pilate then, the, 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 the authority, the Roman authority. And Jesus is being tried. And Pilate at first seems interested in the facts. So he asks, like, who are you? Are you the king of the Jews? What happened? What did you do? But, you know, that trial doesn't last for very long. Because in the middle of the trial, uh, he, he quickly dismisses the whole thing. And he, uh, he, he asked this infamous question, perhaps to himself and to others, what is the truth? What is the truth? He sort of throws his hands up in, this air, in, the, in the air and says, actually, it doesn't really matter. What is the truth? What really matters is what people out there are thinking of. It, what really matters is what I say as the authority. What is the truth? Friends, we as Christians cannot be <laughs> this cavalier about the truth because we worship God who is the truth. We are a people of the truth. We need to live by the truth. We cannot have a loose relationship with the truth. Truth matters to God. And so we're going to explore this world of fake news. This is happening all around us, uh, but once again, I am not an expert here, uh, but I am going to try to go outside of my expertise because I think it is an important topic that we need to address and go, uh, in the first point, I'm going to talk about uh, why we're so susceptible to fake news and ask the question, why is it, that, why do we believe in the things that we often believe? And secondly, we'll talk about news and identity and how if we're grounded in Jesus, what that our identity as Christians should mean in our relationship with news. And thirdly, we're going to try to talk about what it means to pursue truth together as God's community here in Shatin Church. Someone has said that a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth puts its shoes on. Lies can travel very quickly. We believe them, we share them, and in these days of social media, I mean, it literally can uh, travel in the speed of light, at the speed of light. But why are we so susceptible to fake news? There has been a lot of research on this, but uh, one problem is our tendency to believe in things that confirms our bias, confirms our convictions, what we find plausible already. 
well, then what forms our plausibility sort of, uh, what, what do we find plausible? Why do we believe in what we believe? Lots of things. Uh, for example, our experience, uh, our, um, our, our, our existing beliefs already, and the things that we want to believe. Uh, for example, I mean, you, and our belief over time can change too. For example, some of you were not Christians before. You may be ardent skeptic, and maybe God answered your prayers. Maybe a miracle happened in your life, and you thought, oh, actually, I, my, my belief is shifting, right, because of a miracle or because of answered prayer or whatever. And, and uh, our beliefs change over time. And now if you're a Christian, you might find other claims of miracles and answered prayer even more believable than before. Of course, our belief can change uh, through external means, too, right? So uh, when we, uh, who we hang out with, who our community is, if we're, if, even if you're completely yellow or something, but if you hang out in the blue world and that's all the, the news that you, you hear, you will shift, right? The community and who we consider our authorities are. You know, some, we trust certain people and certain news outlets or whatever, and if that changes, if you believe certain person, and, and you might find uh, the, the, your plausibility, the, the, your, uh, what you find plausible more and more uh, shift um, as well. And also, of course, the news source, where you get your news, what you read, um, whatever it is, it is, if it's biased, it will shift more and more. But here's the important point. We have to watch ourselves and see, uh, examine how, we're, uh, how biased we're actually becoming. Because more and more biased we are, more and more susceptible we will be to fake news. Uh, for those who live in the blue camp, right, you might find over-the-top claim that it was all Taiwan. You know, Taiwan's election was going on at the time, right? Uh, it was all Taiwan, and, and what was going on, they infiltrated, and all the violence, all the protests happened because of Taiwan. Well, it seems outrageous to me, but actually, if you live in that world where people, other people believe this sort of thing, then you might think, well, this might be true. We're more susceptible to fake news. If we live in a completely yellow world, I've heard people say that, you know, the, all the protest, I mean, all the violence and destruction of property, well, that was actually government agents who infiltrated and started all these things to make the yellow camp look bad. I don't know. I, that seems outrageous to me. Um, I, like it, I'm sure we all saw some of the destruction of property at the time. But we believe these things because we're not biased. We're biased towards that camp. So we have to watch ourselves and see how biased we're becoming. We have to examine ourselves and ask difficult questions about ourselves. And one way of doing that is to watch what we watch, what media we consume. Because media these days is more biased than ever before. This is just, I think, true. You know, I come from the U.S., and in the U.S. 30 years ago, there were only three news outlets, NBC, ABC, CBS. If you wanted to watch news, you had to watch one of those uh, three places. And the thing was, because there were only three, all this, there was this gigantic audience that, they, uh, that, that were watching them. They had very little incentive to be biased. 
right? Because if they're biased, you're going to alienate half the audience. <laughs> Both conservatives and liberals were watching the same news. They have every incentive to be as objective as possible, as comprehensive as possible. But now, Fox News came, CNN and came, all these other cable news outlets came, and not just the cable news outlets. Think about the competition in the internet. There are all these internet news sources. I mean, that's not counting the YouTubers and you know, influencers or bloggers and things like that. There's now so much competition out there. These news organizations cannot expect people to come to them. They almost have to go and chase the readers, the viewers, the clickers. And so this means they have to compete to get these little segments of a population. It, it, it means they, start need to, uh, they, they, they need to start producing news that will appeal to their customer base, to their reader base. Hong Kong isn't that big, but competition is pretty stiff. And this, you might not agree with this chart, but I just want to show it to you to see how many outlets are out there. The competition is fierce. And each of these news organizations, they want to appeal to te their customer base and to produce news that appeals to them. And imagine, um, and, and, and they are incentivized not <laughs> uh, to produce objective news. And what happened to the media? Really, if you think about the social media platform, it's much worse, much worse, because they are not incentivized, once again, to create the truth or to share the tr uh, truthful content, but content that appeals to the clickers. <laughs> to people who consume that uh, news. And they want to keep you on their platform as long as possible. Remember, YouTubers are paid by how many clicks that they get, bloggers how many views they get. Uh, and, uh, and, and the social media platforms sell uh, advertisements to, to try, and, and they try to keep you then on their platform as long as they can. So instead of the truth, Right? Sometimes we're not very interested in the truth. They create content that's entertaining or that's outrageous. I mean, think about all the, out, uh, the headlines, right? Um, things like, you won't believe or caught uh, in a lie or some sensational outlines, uh, 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 headlines. Instead of the truth, that's often complicated and it has to have like nuanced conversation. Often, they, the content that they create is simplified often at the expense of the truth. Often, we, 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 we are um, biased towards believing good stories. When a good story is told, even if it's at the expense of the truth, if, if it's a good story, even if it's fill, uh, filled with um, uh, conspiracies or unproven things, if it tells a good story, we actually like seeing them. We're biased towards these things. And so in the social media platform, these things are created and shared, and we believe them. We're attracted to them. And with the social media, if you watch one biased thing, well, their tried and tested uh, algorithms will feed you more of those. And you will shift more and more <laughs> as you go down that rabbit hole. Now, 
we can find a lot of truthful content in all of these platforms and all the news sites. I'm not saying that there's no truth out there. But what I am saying is that we have to use our discernment. We have to be careful in what we watch because we can't have a conversation about politics unless we can agree on the facts. And politics are important. Politics matter to people. Well, the policies of the government matter to all of us. It affects our life. And we need to have these conversations, but we cannot have these conversations unless we can agree on what the truth is. So we have to watch our biases. We have to watch what we consume. We have to check ourselves to see if we're really consuming the truth. So let me ask you, what new site do you go to for your news? What do you watch? What do you read? I'd like to suggest that actually the, one of the reasons why you watch and read whatever is because your identity is tied to it. Once again, because there are so many sources of news, you choose these days what you watch right? What you read, because you find certain sites more credible, because you find certain news more appealing to you. You see, it's true of social media, right? We project who we are through social media, but also what you choose to read and watch often is tied to how you see yourself, to, to, to your identity, right? So once again, in the, new, in, in the U.S., conservatives watch Fox News. The liberals watch the MSNBC and read the New York Times or something like this, right? It's an extension or sort of expression of who they are, where they get their news. So in Hong Kong, the Yellow Camp read the Apple Daily, the Hong Kong uh, Free Press, or uh, more blue people read, uh, read uh, Ming Pao, I don't know, the China Daily, although people tell me not that many people read China Daily. But point is, what we choose to read and watch have become an extension of our identity. So when we see and watch news out there, it often becomes really personal, right? And that's true in Hong Kong, the fight over news, like the, the, what's going on with the trial of the pro-democracy people who were arrested, or the police stabbing, or the stuff that's going on in Xinjiang. It's not just news. It's a fight over who we are, who we want to be as a city. So it gets personal really quickly. It's a dispute over our identity. Friends, I want to say here, just a simple reminder, but an important one. We, all of us here in this church, are Christians. And that has to be the core of your identity. Remember? In Christ, there's neither Jew nor uh, or Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither uh, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all Christians. That has to be our fundamental identity. And this is important because, uh, well, well, I want to say uh, first uh, that being a Christian doesn't mean that we stop being Chinese or uh, we stop forming political opinions. These things are also still part of it. But what it does mean is that all these other identities aren't as important as our identity in Christ. What it also means is that as a Christian, we're a people who, uh, who love the truth. We're committed to Jesus who is the truth. That's what that means, that we're grounded in our identity as Christian. We need to ground ourselves in this identity. 
a year ago, two years ago, uh, as the protests were going on, I remember some of the uh, people in Hong Kong, as I was, you know, saying some stuff, I, I, I saw, often saw myself, my, my views dismissed, um, uh, because, well, I mean, you're a foreigner, right? And you can leave Hong Kong if you really, when, when, when things get difficult. And I think there is some truth um, there, and th- that I can't be completely sort of... Um, accurate because I'm not completely invested in this city. Maybe that's true, but I think and I hope all of us sitting here, you and I, can be a little more objective than the people out there outside of this church because of our identity in in Christ. Because we first and foremost see ourselves as Christians. This means that we can be Uh, secure in Christ. Our identity can be secure in Christ. This means that we don't have to be threatened by news that threaten our other beliefs or even our nationality or ethnicity or uh, other things because we're secure in Jesus and because we love Jesus who is the truth. We're committed to pursuing the truth because we're a people of the truth. Because here's the thing. If you are committed, if your core of your identity is outside of Christ, you will turn a blind eye um, to news and, 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 and things that threaten your identity. This happens throughout history. It happens in the Bible. Days of Isaiah, they say to the seers, see no more visions, and to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Uh, prophesy illusions because of their idols in their hearts. They were saying, don't tell us the truth. I, we just want to pay attention to the things that we like. Well, actually, this is uh, uh, foretold uh, by, t- uh, by Paul in Second Timothy as well. For the time will come when the people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear church that tells them what their itching ears will want to hear rather than what the truth is. Well, that church can be popular. In the 18th century, um, John Wesley was astonished that, that the rich people that he was interacting with didn't know anything about what was going on in the lives of the poor just around them. And this was his conclusion, that they keep out of the way of knowing and then plead their voluntary ignorance as an excuse for the hardness of their heart. They didn't want to see. They didn't want to find out uh, how the plight of the poor because of the idol in their hearts. But we are first and foremost Christians. Once again, this doesn't mean that we don't form political opinions, but it does mean that we can pursue truth without fear. We can, we can try to construct our opinions, political opinions, based on facts and based on, uh, 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 on, on the truth rather than our preconceived ideology or biases um, or, or other kinds of uh, uh, identities. And friends, this is also important. Jesus cares about the truth. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, I am the truth. He cares about the truth. And if there is any story that tells us that, it's the story that we read in Acts, from Acts 5. The story we just read about Ananias and Sapphira. 
If you have your Bibles open, you can see how beautiful the picture of the early church was in chapter 4, Acts 4, verse 32. The Holy Spirit created this beautiful community. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. The Spirit came and they were united. They were one. They were united in heart and mind. And they shared everything. But Ananias and Sapphira, they conspired together. Well, they were caught up in the excitement. People were giving all this money and laying them out uh, for, uh, to the apostles. And, and so they thought, oh, we should do something like that too. And so they uh, sold a piece of their property and they brought the money to the apostles, laid it down. The problem was that they gave the impression that the money that they laid down was all the money that they got from the sale of the property. And if you take a step back and ask, well, I mean, what's so wrong with that? I mean, this couple, moved by the Holy Spirit, wanted to do something nice. And so they wanted to give, uh, sell something and give it to the church. Isn't that a good thing? Well, but they deceived God and deceived others. Uh, Verse 3, Peter says, how is it? That Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And that moment, Ananias was struck dead. And a few moments later, Sapphira as well, for lying, for introducing lie to this community that was one in heart and mind. Friends, Telling the truth, I mean, telling lies outside of the church, well, that's one thing. People do that. But that shouldn't happen in the church. When you lie, when you bring a lie inside of the church, you're bringing an alternative reality, a fake reality to this community. And it's dividing the, it divides the community. The community that should be rooted in the truth, be you being united in the truth, you're dividing the community through those lies. And God cares about that because the devil, Satan, is the father of lies. But we worship Jesus who is the truth. As God sees it, it's a matter of life and death. Church, we need to be people who are devoted to the truth. We can't completely root out disinformation and misinformation in uh, the church. Uh, We're fine, as we'll see. We can't uh, completely root this out, but, but... We need to be people who are shooting for the truth, shooting to be truthful at the very least. But you might ask, well, how does that, what does that look like? What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do differently? Well, I mean, it's simple things. And lots of these things, I'm sorry, they they come fairly intuitively, but I think they need to be uh, said. First of all, pause before sharing. (laughs) Pause before sharing. In these days of social media, fake news can travel uh, at the speed of light. So ask before. Ask yourselves a few questions. What's the, what's the context here? Is the source credible? Is the content just speculation or is it linked to facts? Is it corroborated by other news sources? What's the other side saying about it? And try to think of the truthfulness of the, the, the story, the thing that you received. But that's not enough. You do also need to take the next step even if, you, even if you think it's true, ask yourselves, why am I, why do I want to share this? What's my motivation? And will this build up 
the church? Well, will this further divide? Right? Motivation is very, very important. I mean, I want to be truthful to my children, but I don't, that doesn't mean that I say everything to my children. You need to ask yourself also, is the timing right? Is this a good time to bring this up? If somebody's really mad and really convinced at something and they're really invested, maybe you wait a little bit. You know, you wait a week or so to share whatever you think is also true. And as we do this, please assume the attitude of humility. You know, I think half of the Bible basically is, you are not God. <laughs> you are just a creature. I think this is really, really important. Only God knows the full story. Only God knows everything that's happened. Only God knows the motivations of people's heart. Only God knows all the nuances of what's happened. Only God can do that, and we are not God. And so, as we approach uh, these uh, stories, first of all, assume attitude of humility. One, because we are finite beings. Even if you have done all the research, you might still be wrong. Uh, partly because we are finite, but also because we're also biased. We filter all the information through the filter that we already have, the things that we already find plausible. That's who we are. That's who human beings are. So assume attitude of humility, especially when you're confronted by uh, claims from other Christians, from other Christians in this church, people who claim to love the truth. Maybe you just consider the possibility that, that you could be wrong in holding your view. And take the time to, out to ask, why do I believe in what I believe in? Why does this person believe, uh, find this so plausible? And you listen in love, you speak in love, and you repeat that process again and again. But thirdly, I want to commend you to read the Bible more, to read the scripture more. We often spend hours in media, hours and hours and hours, and just a few minutes a day in God's word. No wonder our desires and our emotions and minds are shaped to react so strongly to the news of this world. No wonder political rallies can attract hundreds of thousands of people, but it's hard to get you guys to come, 20 people, 30 people to come to the prayer meeting because our mind's so shaped by what's going on and not enough of God's word. We need to listen to God's word and we need to pursue his truth more and more and be the kinds of people who love the truth uh, as, as, as a result of it more and more. And fourthly, being a people of the truth means being committed to one another. Even if we disagree about politics, as you can imagine, if you go to a church that thinks exactly like you about politics, you that, and that church will become more and more radicalized. And you will be more and more susceptible to fake news. This is just true. So it's a gift to be able to be in a small group with people who think differently from you. By their mere presence, they ask you, why do you believe in what you believe in? Is that really true? You have to ask those questions again and again and again. Of course, that's uncomfortable. I know that we don't like doing that. We don't like asking uh, uh, questions about basic assumptions again and again and again. But it's good for us. It's good for us to be in community with people who question us, who think differently from us. The fact is, the political powers out there, the greedy people, people who have idols in their hearts, will continue to produce fake news, 
will try to introduce fake news to the world and will spread it, uh, will produce it and spread it all around the world and the world will continue to fight. We'll, the world will continue to divide. The world will continue to suffer as a result of it. Of course, that shouldn't be a surprise because Satan is the father of lies. When he lies, he speaks his own language, Jesus says. But in the church, that should be different. We should be different. And as we have seen, God will judge the liars, the deceivers, the governments, and people who profit from lies, who introduce lies. God will judge them. But we are a people who are born again of the Spirit. So let's pursue truth together. Let's speak of God's truth in love to one another. Let's listen to one another. And let's be a community that really loves all things that are true. Let's pray. Lord, our hearts are deceitful. Who can know it? Lord, give us humility. Give us humility to listen to one another in love, to check our assumptions and our biases. Help us not to be invested in the idols that occupy so much of our hearts. Lord, would you draw us near to yourself? Lord, would you occupy that central place in our hearts that we want to pursue you? We want to pursue the truth and live by the truth. Lord, dislodge the idols in our hearts and help us to listen to you. And may we here at Shatin Church be marked by love of the truth. Lord, speak to us and shape us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song um, that asks God to speak to us, to shape and fashion our minds. Um, so let's do that now. And this is also an offering song. We don't pass baskets around anymore because of COVID, but there are some offering baskets at the back that so you can put it um, on your way out. Um, but please stand and let's sing together and let's ask God to speak to us and fill our minds. <laughs>